0: well good evening everybody forgive the frogginess of my throat but you know how it is when the flowers come on and the bushes come out and everything else so if i get a little croaky in between it's just that that i'm battling and it's not something that belongs to me so Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this night. We give you glory and honor. We pray, Father, that this word comes out clearly and concisely. Thank you, Lord, for anointing this vessel to share it, that, Lord, you're just going to clear everything out of the way that people can push in, gather in, and gain what's being taught. Lord, we just thank you that we live in victory because of Jesus Christ, and we give you the honor, the glory, and the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So tonight's lesson I wanted to teach on is that humility leads to victory. And I know a lot of people have an issue with that because it's hard to humble ourselves sometimes. But, you know, God says in his word that the meek shall inherit the earth, and part of being meek is realizing that you have to humble yourself before God and before authority. In Matthew, in chapter 5, in verse 5, in the New Living Translation, Jesus taught this. He said, God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. And we know there's a lot of stuff that's going on right now in this world. There's a lot of things that are being pulled to and fro. There's a lot of things that want to take our attention. Every time I turn around, I hear something new. Yesterday, I just heard, oh, there's nine counties in New Jersey now that are looking at mask mandates again. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, come on, you're pulling people's attention from where they should be. But when we humble ourselves before God and trust him, we can live in victory looking forward to the final victory, and that's where we're supposed to be in this world. We're supposed to live victoriously in everything we're doing. In Isaiah, in chapter 66, in verses 1 and 2, uh, this is what it says. This is what the Lord says. Heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. Could you build me a temple as good as that? Could you build me such a resting place? My hands have made both heaven and earth. They and everything in them are mine. I, the Lord, have spoken. I will bless those who have humble and contrite hearts who tremble at my word. You know, God doesn't want us in fear at his word. He doesn't want us in fear of him, but he wants us to tremble at his word. And I got to be honest with you, I think about something really kind of, it puts a smile on my face, but I think about when I come home at night and I walk through the door. My three dogs meet me there, and all three of them They're wagging their tails so much and they're literally trembling and it isn't because they want to go outside. It isn't because they're at fear. They're at such overwhelming joy that I'm home to be with them and that they know they're going to sit up in my lap, they're going to climb all over me, I'm going to pet them, I'm going to rub them, I'm going to do all that. And that's the reaction that we should have to God's word. We ought to have that kind of a reaction that we're, we're so excited and so taken and so overwhelmed with joy at his word that we literally start to tremble inside at just wanting to draw close to him and hear his voice and then realizing what he said here in Isaiah, that he made everything and it all belongs to him. And that includes us. We are his. Now, I know for me, I love to watch out for people, and watch over people and not lord over them but watch over them as in a guard watching over them. And yet, when I look over my children, it's that much more valuable that I guard them, that I stand over them. With my wife, I stood over her and I guarded her and I covered her. That's what God does for us. I look at the things going on in this world. There's times when I almost take my breath in, (gasps) I can't believe that's going on. But then I stop for a second I go, that's okay. I belong to God. He's going to cover me. He's going to watch over me. He's going to protect me. And I read certain scriptures that remind me of his protection, but the key to it all is I've humbled myself before him, and I've presented myself to him in everything. you know, It's really an amazing thing to me because I talk to people a lot and I listen to a lot of things that are said. And one of the factors that I hear in this world a lot is a lack of humility. Oh, I am who I am because that's who I made myself to be. I've gone to all these schools and that made me better. Oh, you know what? I'm supposed to be this. And I turn around and I go, you know, I am so blessed in where I am and what I do and the lives that I can touch. And the only reason that I can say I can do it is because I've humbled myself to know I couldn't do anything if it wasn't my heart before his. And if I didn't say, you know what, Lord, Without you, I'm nothing. But I thank you that you can do anything through me. And you do a lot of things with me. You know, one of the things that really touches my heart is when I, when I speak to people and they say something to me about something that I've said or done or prayed or whatever, and I just turn around and I go, you know, God used a donkey to talk to Nahum. I'm glad that he can use this donkey. And it's just looking at myself, not putting myself down, but knowing that if it wasn't his power working in me and it wasn't for the fact that I've surrounded myself with good, godly people, that I wouldn't be who I am, And I wouldn't be capable of what I'm doing. In Proverbs chapter 16 and verses 17 through 21, and this is, I'm reading all these scriptures tonight out of the New Living Translation. The path of the virtuous leads away from evil. Whoever follows that path is safe. Pride goes before destruction and haughtiness before a fall. Better to live humbly with the poor than to share plunder with the proud. Those who listen to instructions will prosper. Those who trust the Lord will be joyful. The wise are known for their understanding and pleasant words are persuasive. You know, there's many times when I can stand and I'm given instruction, and there's times when I I stand there and I go, well, that really doesn't make sense to me. But yet, I go do it the way I was told to because that's what I'm instructed to do. Why do I do that? because I want to remain humble and not prideful. Many times I stand and I look at myself in the mirror and I see me for who I really am. it's an amazing thing because people misunderstand it sometimes when I look at myself And I go back to James, and I think to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only, and being a man who looks in a mirror and doesn't forget what he looks like. See, one of the things I do is I look in that mirror and I see me for who I really am. I don't see me as, oh, You're this great man of God. You're everything. I see me. But I know something else. When I look in the mirror many times, I stand there and I look deep in the mirror, and I can see Jesus standing behind me. Oh, you mean you get a vision of Jesus in your mirror every day? No, I don't. But I look until I see that. I look for that. Why? Because I want to humble myself before the Lord at every moment. And the more I humble myself, the more clearly I see him. And the more often I see him. And the more diligently I seek him. It's an amazing thing that people have a hard time humbling themselves to gain the victory in Christ. Oh, yeah, but, you know, sometimes when you humble yourself, you know, they make you do things you don't want to do. Welcome to life. But at the same time, how much more when you humble yourself and you do something you don't really want to do, and then somebody sees it and it has a positive influence on them. I'm going to share a little story with you here. There's a reason that when I first came to this church, I knew I was in the right place. And you may chuckle at this story. I don't know. I hope you do. I'd only been here for a few months in the old, old building, the school building. And on a Sunday morning, I came in And I had just become an usher. And I was gonna do the best I could to be an usher. I was just gonna serve God, serve the church, serve my pastor. And I come walking in the church, and as I come walking in, here comes Pastor Tom out of the bathroom with a plunger in his hand. And I looked at him and I said, What are you doing? And he goes, well, the toilet was clogged up in the lady's room. Somebody had to go plunge it, and I went and plunged it. And I go, give me that plunger. That's not your job. You're the man of God. You're supposed to be up in the pulpit. And he looked at me, and he goes, there's no job that's beneath me. That spoke to my heart. I said, wow. What a man of humility. A man that says, you know what? There's a toilet that needs to be plunged. I'm going to go do it. That was a witness to me. That was something I had learned in the military. When you had an officer or an NCO and they were willing to put their hands to the work while you were working, and rather than, oh, you go, come on with me. It's like, that's somebody I can serve with. That's somebody that I can humble myself to. And because of that, I've been born again for 27 years, and I've been in this church since I got born again. Why? Because that man hasn't changed. I still see that witness in him. What does that make me want to do? It makes me want to do over and above the things I know I'm capable of many times. Why is that? Because if he could humble himself before God to say this is his house and this is so important, I can humble myself before him and say, you know what? You're a man of God and it's important that you be served. I hope I'm making sense with this. In Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 1. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ, any comfort from his love, any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, working together with one mind and purpose Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Did you catch that statement? You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God... He did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges he took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the the name above all other names that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now, I have to tell you, in all my heart, in all that I know, when Jesus makes the statement of, I came to serve, not be served. That rattles me in a way. My humanity gets rattled. Because I'm like, my goodness, that was God himself. But he took off all of that to come as a servant, to come to kneel before his disciples, to wash their feet, to love on people who were undeserving of love. I... I, Every time I look at the things of Jesus, I look at him. He walked through a crowd, and someone cries out, I'm blind, I'm blind. And he stopped and he healed him. Another woman with an issue of blood, you're all familiar with that story, crawls through the crowd and says, If I can but touch the hem of his garment, and he stops. And then he tells her, woman, great is your faith. And according to your faith, you have been healed. It amazes me that he took time with Zacchaeus. He took time with all of these people, Nicodemus. He took time with people that nobody else would pay attention to. He took time with a woman at the well. He took time with Mary of Magdalene, a woman that by society was completely cast aside and cast out, but yet he stopped. He had compassion on her. He cast demons out of her. You know, if we can't give place and have compassion on people that don't necessarily deserve it in our eyes, then who are we? Are we being Christ's light and salt? There's times when I struggle with that myself. There's times when I struggle with, Lord, I don't know. I don't know if I can minister to this person. And yet, when that helpless look is on their face, or when I see something that they're struggling with, I can't not. Minister to them. I can't not give them time. Strength and victory come through humility. There have been so many times when I've been able to celebrate with people who have been in the direst circumstances and I've seen things that I've prayed with them, all of a sudden bring them out. When I see somebody who's been struggling with a disease for a long time and glimmers of hope break through, it shows me that there's nobody that's beyond the help of God and it teaches me to remain humble to try to help them. In Ephesians chapter 4 in verses 1 through 8 therefore I a prisoner for serving the Lord beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling for you have been called by God always be humble and gentle, all right? I'm still working on that second word, be gentle. I admit that. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. However, he has given each one of us a specific gift through the generosity of Christ That is why the scriptures say when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. You know, we have to remember that when we're looking at this church and looking at the body of Christ, we're all brothers and sisters. We're all family. You know, I work with people a lot and I try to help people. And I try to encourage people. One thing that I've learned about encouraging and about building people up and about lifting them up is you don't condone the faults that they do or the mistakes they make. But you don't stand up in front of the crowd and blow a trumpet and say, oh, they made a mistake. Oh, my God. It's a horror show. You take them gently and you teach them how not to make that mistake again. You walk with them. You know, that helps in two cases. It keeps you humble because you know what? If they made a mistake, it's guaranteed I'm going to make a mistake. And probably a lot more mistakes than they make. And then also, it adds to the victory because as you watch them overcome the mistake and not be bound to it and not be condemned by it and watch them start to walk in a straight line, you can see victory on their face. It brings them to the place where they want to do things. It's not a matter of, Oh, you have to do this. This is your job. No, no, I want to do this. I want to be the best. That's why this church is full of a ministry of excellence. We have people here that we encourage, that we build up, that we walk with, we work with, and we try our very best to build them up. Why? Because they want it to be a ministry of excellence. We have people who walk through the doors here. Come on, look at yourself and think. I come here, I walk in the door. This is my church. I have ownership in this church. And it's not just because I tithe or I offer. I have ownership in this church. I want this church to look good. I want people to walk in this door and get a sense of, wow, they care. They care about us, and they care about this building as well. See, the church is not the building. But boy, I can tell you something. If you walk into a building and there's garbage all over the place and it looks bad, you don't want to go back there right away. If you go to the bathroom and it's not clean, you don't want to use that bathroom. I know. I've traveled a lot. I've used gas station bathrooms. Some of them are good. Some of them you just want to walk out of. And I know that sounds simple, but it's a major thing. Because when it looks good, it shows excellence. When we take somebody by the hand and we train them and we teach them and we keep building them up, it helps them to gain a victory. I love to walk up to people I work with And when I see them do something that I know they had trouble with in the past and then I see them do it and do it well, I love to walk up to them and go, great job. You've come a long way. God is good. And you know they get this big smile on their face and you can almost watch them. They stand a little straighter. Chest comes out a little bit and they're like, yeah, I did a good job. That isn't pride. That's just that encouragement that gives them that victory. In 1 Peter 5, verses 1 through 11, and now a word to you who are elders in the church. I, too, am an elder and a witness to the sufferings of Christ, and I, too, will share in his glory when he is revealed to the whole world as a fellow elder I appeal to you, care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly, and not for what you will get out of it. But because you are eager to serve God, don't lord it over the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good example. And when the great shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of never-ending glory and honor. In the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders, and all of you dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another, for God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and as at the right time, He will lift you up in honor. God God, I'm sorry give all your worries and cares to God, for He cares about you. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you, and he will place you on a firm foundation All power to him forever. Amen. Now I got to tell you something. When I read that about a crown, I look forward to the day that I hear, well done, good and faithful servant. I pray that there's a multitude of crowns. The reason for that is that that's my last chance to really be humble before the Lord that I can read about right now. And that's the chance to kneel down at his feet and say, Lord, this crown and all these others, all these jewels was all for your benefit. When I look out here and I see the great immensity of God living in this house, the diversity of God living in this house, in his people. That's the house I'm talking about. I see the diversity of him, and I see something else. I see worthy elders in this church. I see men and women both who humble themselves before God to serve the body, not to be served. Yeah, I have to tell you, there's something that I say to people a lot, and yeah, I'm going to say it in public. I'm not trying to embarrass my pastor or anybody else, but I have to tell you something about my pastor. I've watched him for a long time. I've paid attention to him. At one point in my walk, I watched him so closely I could almost say I was stalking him because I saw something in him that I wanted for me, and I still see it, and actually I see it more now than I can remember seeing it 27 years ago, and that is a passion to serve Almighty God, to be the best godly man he can be, and to pray and watch over the flock that god has placed under him i know that he doesn't want to hear these kind of things come out of my mouth but i have to share this because this is part of why i am victorious in christ because i've watched him walk with christ his whole walk i've watched him reach out to christ i've watched him Pray for this flock. I've seen him and heard him at times when it's not a convenient time for him. But yet he's there for the flock. He's there for the Lord. As he talks on Sundays, I pay attention. I listen to what he's saying. I hear him. When he's out for his walks and he sees the birds or he sees the deer or he sees whatever and he just, you can just see it in him. The whole passion for knowing God and that God exists. And that makes me victorious because I want to be that. I'm never going to be Pastor Tom. I'm not Pastor Tom Fiola. Okay, I'm Reverend Bob Meeker. If you don't know me, this is me. But see, I see something in him that I desire to have in me. I want that passion for Christ. I want to be able to look at others and say, I am so passionate to know him. I see his glory and beauty in so many things and in so many ways because I've seen others that have seen that. And I want to be like that. That helps me to be victorious. Why? Because they humbled themselves before God to let Him make them victorious. And they watched others in their walk. You know, that's one of the reasons why I say to you that victory comes through humility. We humble ourselves before the lord we humble ourselves before the elders but we humble ourselves with each other too i'm not better than anybody in this place in fact i'll give you a little little funny statement my wife at one time came home and looked at me and she goes you know you have quite an image I looked at her and laughed, and I go, yeah, I know. I see it all the time in the mirror. She goes, no, no, no. I had a lady come up to me today and say to me, oh, it must be glorious to live with Reverend Bob because, you know, and I was like, what does she think? I get up in the morning, and the angels go, "Woo!" I said, you know, it's amazing. She doesn't live with Reverend Bob. I live with Reverend Bob closer than anybody does. Sometimes it's not glorious. Believe me. I know what goes on up here. But you know what? I thank God that that person looked at me and saw me seeking Christ. So to God be the glory. At the same time, humility kicks in, and I just stand there and go, oh boy, if they only knew. I'm still a man. And finally, in James 4, in verses 6 through 10, God gives grace generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil, he will flee from you. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts from your loyalty or for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you've done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. You know, I truly get amazed that when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane he sweat blood And there were tears, but yet what did God do? He lifted him up and gave him a name above every name. He wants to lift you up to a place of victory through humility. So humble yourselves before God and let him lift you up. I pray you got something out of this tonight, and I pray it really went to your heart. I wasn't trying to put you down. I was trying to build you up and let you know that the way up is sometimes to humble yourself to the lowest place. And Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for this message. I pray, Lord, that people will see the heart that I have for this. Lord, to humble ourselves before you and before others is sometimes the most difficult but the most glorious thing. And I praise you for this. I lift out my hand to everybody listening tonight. And I thank you, Lord, that if they're struggling in this area, that you help them to strip that pride off and to stand up in humbleness. And Lord, I thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ tonight, it's hard to humble yourself to one that you don't know. The Bible teaches it very clearly that the way to salvation is straight and clear. It's very simple. In Romans 10, it says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that you will be saved. And it's by confessing with your mouth and believing in your heart that salvation comes. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer now, and I pray that you pray it with me and open your heart to him, and humble yourself. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. I thank you, Lord, that you accept me tonight. I humble myself before you. I call out on the name of Jesus, And I believe in my heart that you are the Son of God. I believe that you rose again from the dead. And now, Lord, I accept your gift and I glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you accepted that tonight, then would you please contact us would you please either call us or answer the email address that's up there on your screen and reach out to us. We'll be glad to give you some information and help you on your journey. And Father, I pray for your people. I thank you that they are the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. I thank you, Lord, that we are blessed, we are highly favored, we are deeply loved, and we are blessed to be a blessing. I thank you, Lord, that you watch over them for the rest of this week, and we'll see them all again on Sunday. And we praise you for this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless everybody. Have a great night.